Hey, it's Dave here. Thank you so much for checking out this bonus episode of Lasting Learning. In this bonus episode, we're going to talk grading. We're going to talk assessment. We're going to talk data and a lot of other four-letter words. So thanks for checking it out. I hope you enjoy this bonus episode as we discuss how to make assessment work. Hey, what's up, everybody? Um, I'm going to make this a short, sweet video. It's not going to be a half hour. It's not going to be an hour long. Just 15 minutes tops, probably only five or six. Give myself 15 minutes, though, because I deserve some of that grace because I always talk longer than, than I should, like even right now. Uh, I just wanted to, to come on real quick because I've been having um, a conversation with somebody online uh, in, in my DMs really since last Thursday, I think it was. And it's been a great conversation, but it's one that uh, I, I think deserves to, to be publicly addressed. And it's a conversation that has brought me value. It has helped me grow. It's helped me learn and, and refine some of my thinking. And uh, I'm just hoping that it provides some value to you as well. Uh, in, in essence, last week, I was chatting with somebody. And uh, the conversation was based off of something that I had mentioned late last week about um, focusing on the focus. And I, I brought up the idea that we need to, to focus on the focus. We need to identify what's important. And th this person responded back to me and said, Dave, what you're saying sounds great. It's all well and good. However, I, I don't even know what my classroom is going to look like next year, whether or not my classroom is going to be a computer screen, whether or not I'm going to be at home in my office, whether or not I'm going to be working face to face. There's no way I can focus on the focus if I don't even know my circumstances. And their statement to me was, I just need to survive this movement, then I'll start, start focusing on growth and my priorities. And that led to a great conversation. And I was brought back to, I've got this hashtag down here at the bottom, a hashtag that I used to use all the time, hashtag lasting learning. I mean, I had a Twitter chat about lasting learning. I, my podcast is called Lasting Learning. I use it all the time, but I've gone away from that because I've been kind of like scattered and talking about a lot of other things. But the reality is lasting learning is really what it's all about. And, you know, I, I had the, the, the conversation with this person who I'll leave their name out of this, uh, but you can join into this conversation. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. What I explained to this person was that over the last few years, my thinking has evolved and grown. That there were some things that I thought five, six, seven years ago that I no longer think, I no longer preach, I no longer stand up on the soap, soapbox and, and shout to the rooftops anymore because I have learned some different, some different things and I wanna make sure that my learning, my learning continues to endure and that my mindset continues to, to grow and evolve and that's totally okay. But one of the things that I have stayed steadfast on, one of the things that I have not wavered on is that there are some enduring principles, P-L-E, in education that we need to stay true to. You know, in, in education for the last, I don't know, two decades that I've been in education at least, we have seen this pendulum swing 
back and forth. And I know you guys have all felt this pendulum. You, you've, if you've been in education for more than a decade, you've already had that conversation where you've said, hey, I did this five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago. Why are we going back to this again? And the reality is it's because of this pendulum swing, this shift, where we decide to throw the baby out with the bathwater. We say, we're going to try something that's brand new and innovative, and we're going to get rid of all the other stuff that we did. And the reality is a lot of that stuff is actually good stuff. Um, and what we need to do is, first of all, hey, Joe, we need to get ourselves to the place where we are comfortable holding on to some of those things that endure while we continue to embrace the new. And here, here's a prime example, and this is going to be a stupid example, but it's a real example because it's one that I used in, in my conversation with this person this weekend. And it deals with my now 14-year-old. As a dad to a 14-year-old, I feel like I am constantly monitoring social media, trying to look at the conversations that uh, he has with his friends via Instagram or Xbox while still allowing him to have some independence and um, some privacy. But in his conversations, I, I noticed that First of all, he's using a bunch of words that I've never heard before, and I have no idea what they mean. So I have to go to him and say, can you explain what this means or what that means? And in some of his conversations this week, uh, I noticed that he was he used a couple of words. He used the word crap, and he used the word pissed. Pissed and crap. And in a lot of our minds and in social media, I apologize if I used a couple of words that just offended some of you. But if I had used those words as a 14-year-old back when I was 14, um, my parents would have put soap in my mouth. Because back then, we're talking 30 years ago, uh, those words were just as bad as some of the other profane words that we have in, in existence today. But today, that has kind of evolved. And those words become commonplace with a lot of our kids. If I, if back in my world, back in my day, when I was a kid, if my parents had simply said, Dave, don't use the words pissed and crap, then that would have been the box that I lived in. But instead, my parents taught me the principle of be respectful. Use words that are going to show respect. Use words that are going to cater to your audience. Use words that aren't going to offend, which meant that if those two words offended people, I wouldn't use them. If there were other words that offended people, I would choose not to use them. But in our world today, again, because language changes and evolves, I'm not saying morality changes and evolves, but language does, we need to make sure that we are teaching universal practices respect, courtesy, the golden rule, universal, regardless of the language that's being used. So <laughs> Mark, I, I hear you on that one, man. Um, so we need to teach those universal practices, principles like respect and courtesy. So in our classrooms today, we need to make sure the same thing is happening. When we talk about we need to make sure that we survive this movement, I get it and I understand. But we also need to make sure that we are recognizing and embracing those things that are universal, those things that will outlast this movement. Because if you wait for this movement to, to end, whatever the movement is that this person was trying to define, you're going to miss opportunities to teach some things that actually do, that will endure and have endured. Focusing on those skills, not necessarily on the, the just what's happening in the here and now. Because the reality is, whether you teach elementary, middle school, or high school, our job is to prepare kids for life, life beyond the time that they are simply in your classroom. We need to make sure that we are being relevant. Yes, we need to make sure that we are being timely. Yes, but we need to make sure that we are giving our kids access to knowledge and skills that will endure beyond their time in our classroom. 
And even if that means that those their, their learning has to be free enough to evolve and grow with the times. We want to make sure that our kids aren't becoming so regimented in what we say is true and real today that they are not being free to change their minds later on. I posted a lot this week about how learning is truly just the ability to, to change our minds. That's all it is. When Literally, when we learn something new, our mind is changing. We have to make sure that our students, our kids, understand that changing your mind is part of the learning process. I mean, even if you think of a little baby, when, when they are trying to get the attention of their parents, they scream and they yell and they cry, and that's how they communicate. But soon they learn that there are other ways to communicate. They start using the words mama and dada, and they start asking for things. Their mind has changed as they start to realize that there are other ways to communicate. It's the, with my own kids. Walking was their mode of transportation. They're turning into bike riding. It'll be car driving soon. They learn that there are better and new ways to do things. So they grow and they change and they evolve with the times. That's what we need to start teaching our kids. We need to teach kids how it's okay to learn, how it's okay to grow, and the skills that last. So when I talk about focusing on the focus, that's what I'm talking about. So regardless of what environment you're going to be in next year, regardless of if you're, if you're going to be face-to-face or whether or not you are going to be online or some sort of hybrid, you need to absolutely, we need to make sure that we can, that students can survive their future, not just our current one. That's absolutely spot on. So how do you do that? Well, I, you know, I, I talk a lot about standards-based instruction. Yep. I'm a big believer in SBG, standards-based grading, all of that stuff. But all of that is is good, but can also be extremely overwhelming. And I've used this, these numbers before. I'll say them again. This uh, The average sixth grade student in America is expected to master 257 standards, 257 standards. If we're just talking about the four core subject areas, it is impossible for any person alive to master 257 standards in any one year. We have to figure out which of those are the most essential, which of those are the most important. You know, as a teacher, you're going to be extremely overwhelmed, extremely overwhelmed trying to teach 150 kids, 250 stand, 257 standards. You would be overwhelmed taking that list and saying, okay, well, I'm only going to teach 100 standards. You're going to be overwhelmed and there's no way you're going to be able to do it successfully. As a matter of fact, the fact that people like me, people that wear suits to work all the time have come in and said, we need to teach with fidelity. We need to make sure that all of our kids are learning the same information. This is the stuff that I think is important. And they've shrunk that list down for us. And let's just say that you have a hundred standards you have to teach. I'm going to be very real. What ends up happening in a lot of classrooms is when we think of a hundred standards that we have to teach in 180 days, what ends up happening is we come up with one way to teach 100 standards. We come up, we, we look at our list and we say, okay, there's one way to do it. We might look at our pacing guide or curriculum, or we say, here's how I am going to teach this standard to my students, which is good, but that's that scientific approach to education. And that's the, that's the approach where honestly, we disenfranchise a lot of educators where we start to feel like we're just a cog in somebody's wheel. We're a pawn in a game of chess where we're replaceable. Teaching is truly an art, and I want to make sure that we understand that teaching is an art. We need to make sure that we need to understand that that teaching is dynamic, it's fluid, and it's flexible. I want to make sure that educators listen to this very, very clearly. Educators, it is way more fun to teach 10 standards 10 different ways than it is to teach 100 standards one way. You are also going to have a bigger impact on your students. You are going to be able to reach all of your students in unique and differentiated ways, focusing on 10 standards, teaching those 10 different ways 
than teaching 100 standards one way. Both have you teaching 100 lessons, if you will. 10 times 10 or 100 times one still equal 100. But if you focus on the focus and say, here are my essentials, here's my priority, whether I am virtual, whether I'm face-to-face, whether I'm doing a hybrid, come up with 10 things that are non-negotiable, regardless of your platform, 10 things that are transferable, meaning you're not going to teach the main idea to kill a mockingbird. You're going to teach kids how to analyze text and to come up with a main idea for any text. And maybe to kill a mockingbird is one lens, but you want them to be able to do that in multiple texts. Or maybe you are going to be looking for things that have endurance, those things that will help students be successful, not just this year, but in future years. Or maybe you're looking for those things that, um, that simply are higher levels of DOK or Bloom's taxonomy because you want kids to learn how to analyze or synthesize or evaluate because you think those are enduring standards or enduring skills. That's what you focus on. Come up with your top 10 list. You know, Dave Letterman had a top 10 list for years because he saw the power in that. Today, the biggest YouTubers in the world are huge because they've, they've learned the skill of synthesis and they come up with your top five or top 10 list all the time. In your classroom, look at all the stuff, all the standards you're expected to teach Try to identify those 10 things that you think all of your students need to know to be successful in the future. Focus on that. Hit it out of the park. Come up with dynamic, creative, unique ways. Celebrate the art of being a teacher, the art of being creative. And yes, standards are scientific. Figure out how to um, to break them down. But focus on the focus. Focus in on that lasting learning. Focus on the stuff that will will help students into the future, that stuff that's going to help them be successful for years down the road. And we can do that, whether we are face-to-face or online. All right, so that was my ranting. That was my conversation, in essence, that I've had with this person for the last four or five days. Whew, I feel so much better now getting that out. Feel free to, to push back, disagree. You know where to find me. Shoot, let's, let's revitalize the hashtag lasting learning again. Let's have some conversations going around this topic. I hope to talk to you soon.